Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about Tales of the Walking Dead, Season 1, Episode 2, entitled Blair, Gina. All right, to catch you up on what is currently happening with Screens in Focus, yes, we are on a break, but dropping periodic episodes with TV and movie recommendations and this episode on Tales of the Walking Dead, along with a few other things I hope to bring to you. Um, I hate to commit to something that I'm not going to do. So I'm hoping to bring you a movie that was released this summer, a review on that, uh, some recommendations on TV shows and movies that are currently out there. And of course, Cobra Kai, ooh, Netflix coming out September 9th. Cannot wait for season five. So excited. And all of that, hopefully, before we return with The Walking Dead when it premieres October 2nd. I'm feeling pretty bittersweet about that since it is the last leg of season 11 in the end of The Walking Dead. And I don't even want to think about it because I'm sorry, that will just make me so sad. But in case you just aren't aware, maybe you just tune in, you watch The Walking Dead and you don't really um, read too much that is out there. I want you to know that big news was announced at Comic-Con in July in San Diego. And the surprise announcement was, you know, Andrew Lincoln and Denai Guerrera showed up who play Rick and Michonne. And they announced that instead of the Rick Grime movies, there is going to be a six episode spinoff with Rick and Michonne to finish their love story. I, oh my gosh, it was so exciting to see and hear that because of course we've all been wondering when's that gonna happen? When's that gonna happen? I, I'm sorry, but that is what I live for, right? I wanna know where Rick is, what's happening, what has kept him away from his family? How is he going to get back to them? Is he a changed man? Scott Gimple did mention how we will see a different Rick Grimes, a red machete Rick Grimes. I'm pretty excited about that. But you know, oh my gosh, how much has he changed in Michonne? Where has her journey taken her? And we don't know where she's at. So anyway, don't want to get off too much on that. But I'm just really excited about it. Also, Isle of the Dead with Negan and Maggie has been renamed to Dead City. And that's probably the first one we're going to get of these spinoffs. Also, that spinoff with Daryl, it's no longer Daryl and Carol, it'll just be Daryl. It's supposed to be set in France. That is where World Beyond, uh, that coda that we saw with World Beyond at the very end, how we saw those fast zombies, fast walkers. So, you know, is that where Daryl will end up? I don't know. It's all very exciting. I'm very excited about all of that. And I'm also excited about today and this episode. I'm really excited because I was able to team up with another group of podcasters who love, watch, and break down episodes of The Walking Dead Universe. And I'm really happy that we were able to get together. And I'm really thankful for them. They are just great people. So you'll need to check them out. I will put a link to um, their website. And so um, it was just great hanging out with them and, and listening to their insight. And so 
Uh, we cover, uh, like I said, Tales of the Walking Dead, season one, episode two, Blair Gina. But they've been such great supporters of Screens and Focus. So I feel like podcasting and the Walking Dead community It's just been a great community to know and be a part of. So I'm really grateful to them that they included me in uh, their recording. And it was just a lot of fun. I hope we get to do it again. I also want to thank all of you who take your time and tune in and listen to this podcast. I can't tell you how much it means. And uh, I just really appreciate you. So thank you for tuning in and and sticking with us. And as always, you can reach out through email, screensinfocus at gmail.com and or on social media. Uh, you can get there through the website. Uh, I'm We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So reach out through any of those avenues and say, hey, I got a recommendation for you. Have you watched this? Or If you like a particular podcast episode that we've covered, I would love to know that too. That is just so helpful. Any feedback is helpful. All right, let's get to the episode, Tales of the Walking Dead with Squawking Dead. We are Squawking Dead. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Diana. Hey! Focus. (laughs) Woo-woo! Cosmom09, Rachel Burt. Sherry Dakin, please, Gardner. And Punky... Brewster. <laughs> Actually, no, it's Bridget. It's just Bridget. P-O-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. That's Kofi.com slash Punky Brewster. And Mitchell's in the audience. Hey, Mitchell. And we're here to talk about Tales of the Walking Dead, second episode titled Blair Slash Gina. Is that right? Yeah, that's Slash. Right. Slash. Um, s- spoilers ahead. I've never said that on any <laughs> show ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 197. I've never said spoilers ahoy or spoilers ahoy. ahead. Ahoy? <laughs> Why did you say ahoy? Because it sounded better in my head. <laughs> it like, wasn't. S- spoilers ahoy! <laughs> I promise it was not better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the Facebook disagrees with you. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So uh, how's everybody doing? Yeah. So, Diana. Good. I'm doing really good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Let's talk about actually how what you've thought so far of the first two episodes and the concept of Tales of the Walking Dead in general. Well, you know what? To be honest, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. I knew that the first two episodes were going to be comedic. And as much as I love comedy, I thought The Walking Dead and comedic, I really wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. So I tried to go in without, you know, with just blank, like, okay, I'm not going to have too much of an opinion. I just want to go in and see what happens. And I think that was probably the best way to go into it. Because I think you're always pleasantly surprised if you (laughs) lower the bar some. And so I thought the first episode was, and I know you guys have covered it. uh, But I thought it went pretty good. I mean, especially as it went on as the episode went along. Uh, this episode, I, uh, found myself laughing out loud. Um, <laughs> so, Wait, like, let me ask you, okay. did you laugh more yeah. the first time around or the second time around? Cause this is, it's very interesting um, thought process here. The second time around. Okay. See, that's why I asked the question. Cause I was like, 
now that we've kind of seen it, we kind of know what's coming and it kind of, cause at the first you're, you're kind of like not sure if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if everybody agrees with me on this one. You're kind of not sure what the heck is going on. So you don't know what's going to happen next. And everything does kind of look morbid as Blair says at some point at the first point. Um, and then when you watch it the second time around, you, it's like you're allowed to laugh. Yeah. What happens? Uh, but wait, what, what did you guys think though? Did you guys feel the same way about that? Oh, uh, Bridget. About episode two? Yeah, I loved it and was so, <laughs> so like excited for other people to watch it so that I could talk about it that I like bothered <laughs> Charity and Rachel about it. Like, you should watch it. It's so good. I love it so much. I was so excited. Uh, and so then I even ended up like texting Tom like on Instagram being like, Tom, did you watch it yet? Like, <laughs> Rachel and Charity aren't watching it yet. What do you think? I need to talk to somebody about this. And he didn't love it as much as I did. So that was really disappointing. <laughs> Yeah, of course he didn't. <laughs> so, um, but I'm super thankful that he even responded and was like, yeah, I did see it. Um, but I really enjoyed it and I thought it was very fun. And I think that's kind of the whole point of this, right? Like they have the opportunity and independence now to really explore the genre and kind of do some different things. And I'm a really big dark comedy person. I'm a big fan. Um, like Idle Hands was like one of my favorite movies in high school. It's like so funny and dumb. And I really loved Jessica, Heather's. Like early Jessica Alba. Yeah, like I really loved Heather's a lot because I just really love those like really weird, bad, dark comedies. So uh, I like the vibe from this one for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Rachel? The first time I watched it, I was just really like, huh? <laughs> what? What? But then Sharon and I talked about it and she shared um, a fantastic theory. And so now that's the only thing that I, that I think. And, and I'm convinced that this is the truth because if it's not the truth, <laughs> I won't, I can't, I won't like it. I don't like it ah. unless this is the truth. Okay, so. wait. Ooh. <laughs> now, I don't want to know the theory, but um, drill down on why you might not have liked it. Or I guess theory outside the theory what was it about it that okay, just like outside. I don't, I don't, mm, mm. because we're watching people respawn and that's not real life people don't <laughs> die and then come back to life and get to try again that's don't not they? real it's <laughs> not real no i'm kidding i'm kidding they don't no they don't i'm sorry she's but just mad because glenn didn't get to respawn get to <laughs> exactly. Or, or, exactly. Give me or Nacho from Better Call Saul. Nacho. Yeah. Nacho. We, we established this last episode. I like him. I like him dead. <laughs> <laughs> but only if they and can actually come back. not no. just emotionally unavailable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Sorry. Spitic. laughs> okay. So I two spitics in a row. I have- <laughs> I just wanted to interject about people that have died and you want them to come back to life. And I just have to interject. And sorry, it is a spoiler. People have not watched Stranger Things, but it's Eddie, right? Need Eddie, Eddie. to come back. And yes. and we had a slight theory about that. If things that happen in the Upside Down somehow can, you know, reverse or... um I know we're not talking about that right now, so <laughs> just, I just want to put that out there, though, right? Right. Because right. it did happen in the upside down, didn't happen 
<laughs> in the regular Earth world. So, sorry, back it to It practically this. happened to the big boss. It practically happened. Yeah. See, yeah. see, but you know what? You know what's so funny about having... I mean, I'm not going to talk about Stranger Things too much, but you know, what's so funny about what's happened in the last few seasons is that we got to see a whole bunch... Well, we got to see blah, 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 come back. And they released... Didn't they release an image, uh, Stranger Things uh, Twitter account, saying Eddie will be back? That was like a... I think I saw that after. Yes. It's a fan promo. I wasn't sure. It was. I wasn't sure about that. It was a fan promo. I saw that too. Okay. I saw that. And I thought, ooh, we were right. This could happen. But we we forgot. (laughs) We forgot completely about Barb. I mean, I know we got to see her corpse. Maybe she'll come back. Never forgot about Barb. Okay. Okay. I think this is like (laughs) our job. Our job is to remind people. uh, And uh, what was his name? Uh, Oh, my God. In The Walking Dead. Heath. Heath. Heath, 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 damn it! Yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for Heath to pop up. You know what? You forgot. Where is Cindy, Dave? Cindy? Oh, from Oceanside. Where is she? Like Eduardo and Cal and uh, and uh, 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 there's another one. (laughs) Where's Scott? Where's Scott? Scott. We saw him for a second and went away again. Love that guy. Anyways, but yeah, if 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 they all can come back, I'm still holding it down though. Barb can, I guess, come back, even though we saw her again in the, what, season three, I think it was. It's a very, very dead corpse. Or I think it was like a hallucination, wasn't it? Yeah, one of the delusions of somebody. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Sharon D. Um, well, I, I'm always down for some Groundhog Day action. I mean, that's one of my favorite movies. So I was totally I cool. I thought it was, yeah. and I thought it was, okay. So the first time I watched it, I watched it with Bridget and Rachel, and my picture was terrible. The screen was really choppy, so I was having a really hard time following visually what was going on, but just listening to it, I was I was like, this is great. I, I love it. Uh, so when I went back and watched it again the second time with an actual picture, it was it was really good. Um, and I love... I love... <clears throat> was the picture kind of like how it is now, by the way? No. Um, so, I mean, I just... I love no, that it was... I love that it was funny and... And um, just something different. Like they were like, "Hey, we could try something different. Let's do it. Let's throw it out there and see what happens." Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I, I, I and everybody was like, "Oh, it's the worst episode ever I've ever seen. I hated it." And I was like, "No, this was great. I, it was great." That's what I think. One thing I'm going to love about this. It seemed to be really series is um. Sorry, go I'm ahead. sorry. One thing I love about this series is that they can take chances and do different things. And it doesn't really matter because it's not mm-hmm. like technically part of the main show. You know, people aren't going to be, oh, this is terrible. But, you know, it's it's just a side, so, a side show, so it's not really that important. So I feel like they have the freedom to try different things like this, which was fun. Right. And I think that's a lot, a lot of the reason why I was not mad at the beer bottle balloon mm-hmm. Fear the Walking Dead's fifth season. <laughs> I was kind of like... Let them do what they're going to do, even though it's going to look, it looks bananas. And I thought of the Rainbow Connection as they were doing it. And then I actually made the video of the Rainbow Connection music along with the scene. But I enjoyed it because it was like, let this show do what it's going to do. It doesn't have to be The Walking Dead. And this is, I say this every season of Fear the Walking Dead, for one through seven, let them be Fear the Walking Dead. It's not The Walking Dead. That's why, that's why we watch it. But um, Mitchell says, I really enjoyed the episode. When I watched it for a second time, I loved it even more. Yeah, there is a common refrain. Seems to be really polarizing. Like, either people are like, mm-hmm. I really loved it, or people are like, this is the worst episode I've ever seen. So it's like, 
it's really opposite stuff that I'm seeing from people. I'll give I'll give the sh- I'll give Channing. I didn't hate it. Oh, go ahead. You didn't- yeah, I did. I did not hate it by any means. Even you know this amazing theory aside, like I didn't hate it. It just it just like broke my brain a little bit, and I'm like, what? What? I'll never forget. What? <laughs> Sharon asked Rachel, "What does it mean?" When Saul turns off the dough machine at the Cinnabon, <laughs> she goes, well, I guess it means that the dough's stop spinning. I guess the dough's done. That's all I thought. I'm too, I'm too literal. I'm too literal. You have no idea. I don't, I don't know if I've ever laughed at a show that much as I did when I was editing that moment. <laughs> Guess that means the dough's done. Guess the dough's done. Just to give you a, pi- a full picture of what Rachel's trying to say right now. Guess the dough's done. So Rachel be, is very literal. That should be a shirt. <laughs> the dough's done. I, no, I guess that means the dough's done. Yeah. <laughs> and. We're talking about Better Call Saul again. I'm sorry. We're going to weave in and out of for the, everybody, not just Diana. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, for, uh, for my part, it is exactly what you guys are saying. I, I love it when a show can take the opportunity to try something that we don't do in the main universe. So not the main universe, the main show. And it and like unapologetically. And this was very unapologetic. It was almost it was un- as unapologetic as Blair for most of this episode. That's how unapologetic it was, at least in this one. <laughs> and um, and I like that. I like when some. Hey, okay, do you really want to hear a band's uh, sophomore album sound exactly like the first album? I know that most people say yes. No, I want the hits. To Weezer's sound the same. Pinkerton was the best album they've ever put out. Screw anybody <laughs> who says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what I'm saying. Like you, don't, you want something new. You want to hear something like like a next level, like a progression, right? And I think this is part of that. We're filming in digital. We're we're putting. We have like these star studded cast members: Parker Posey, uh, Terry Crews. I mean, freaking a. I mean, is it, that's 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 what I don't know. But that that's sort of what my next helmet's going to be. And, and that's though I like the way. Ch- Though, though I like the way Channing Powell has has laid out the episodes because it's brilliant. Terry Crews episode, everybody's gonna love that. We jar them with the second episode, but then we bring them back to Alpha, the Alpha episode, Alpha the D episode, and then whatever happens thereafter. But like you know, we're we're just kind of peak and, peak and valleying this so to ease people into it. But my feeling is that no matter what they do to ease audiences or let's just say flagship. TWD audiences into the series, I think ultimately everybody's going to be disappointed for various reasons, but most of the reasons going to be, it's not the TWD I signed up for. Mm. Just same complaint as Fear the Walking Dead, even though they don't verbalize it or well, say otherwise. It's just that how they many want more well, see, but they got more TWD with World Beyond, and they still complained about that too. Mm-hmm. Because that was straight up mm-hmm. TWD. That wasn't, wasn't. I mean. What what was the difference? But everybody hated it, or it was boring, or I didn't like it. Or... Well, it was kind of like the CW's what it, what, version. What it was, what it was, was they wanted yeah. to see Rick in it. Was the whole thing, and since they didn't get to see Rick in the CRM, they fucking hated it. Yeah, right, right. Like, uh, was it? 
extreme expectations. What's the expression there? Well, like great expectations, right? Like you, you say, oh, there are hints of Rick throughout this episode. And it's like, you don't see a Rick. You, uh, people are going to revolt. But I think people had legitimate concerns. Like, though we didn't criticize it as much while we were covering it. Every now and again, we would. Um, yeah, TWD World Beyond isn't like the same caliber as The Walking Dead or isn't the same caliber as even Fear the Walking Dead in its, in its own right. And, you know, I, I, I speak with people who tried it out and people who are even fair weather fans. And, you know, the big thing they didn't like about it was you know, the acting in, in a sense. And some of the some of the execution overall, like they didn't understand it or didn't want to understand it after a while. It's like, well, that's on no them for not off. listening to the podcast because then they would have understood all of it. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I said. Anyway. I did enjoy in this one that it was the onset of the apocalypse, right? So we get to see what was happening in a different, you know, in different people's lives while we were watching this. So I thought that that was really good because that's what we like to see is right when it's happening and how people react, you know, and if they're going to rise to the occasion of what is happening. So, um, and like you, all of you guys were saying, it's their chance an opportunity to try something out. So with each one, they can, it's completely different and people are going to respond differently to each one. And I, it makes me wonder if they're kind of going to throw all these out and depending on which one um, has people cheering, (laughs) you know, will they take that uh, style or those actors and, maybe continue with that. Or I even thought, wouldn't it be cool if they, all these people somehow collided. Right. Eventually. That is something that we said in the I first, the in same the, thing. the last episode. episode. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Like, wouldn't it be great if there was, well, one of the things we said, it was, wouldn't it be great if there was a common thread? And so far, I think we are kind of seeing it, uh, but we can retread that in a sec. The, the second thing was, wouldn't it be great if these crossed over somehow, these bled through, these yeah. stories bled through. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I had said in our Discord was uh, in the spoiler chat for the next episode was uh, that wouldn't it be great if we saw a continuation? Like season two was just a continuation of this season's episodes. Like okay, s- episode one is the continuation of the uh, <clears throat> sorry the Joe Joe Evie episode, and season two would be a continuation of the Blair Gina episode. Ah, uh, you know? mm-hmm. and maybe there is a bleed over. Or something like that, or a thread through those throughout throughout those stories somehow, and we have to keep on looking for it. But it would be just a continuation of that because, look, for the people who like these episodes, it seems as though they want to see how the story continues, and I think right. that's going to be the bigger complaint. I think, and to be perfectly frank, I'm not sure how to feel about that too. Because as much as I do want to see a continuation, isn't the danger uh, retreading? The ground, right? Like, right. isn't aren't these supposed to be one-offs if we start acquiescing to fans? Aren't we just doing the same thing as creating just a new series? Like, a like not an anthology series, period, but like a actual series with six separate stories moving forward? So, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But, but what do you guys think of that? I mean, is that something you would... I mean, it is something that I would want, but what do you guys think about that? I mean, that, I kind of agree least? with the last part of what you said, um... It, wouldn't that kind of defeat the purpose of having an anthology show? But they could, you know, occasion instead of having it rigidly 
you know, season two, episode one, Joe and Evie. Say season three, episode four, they throw in a Joe and Evie episode and kind of update us. It doesn't have to be, you know, a rigid set episodes. They could sprinkle those in here and there to catch us up without having to make make it make it rigid and set. Or even have them show up in, in someone else's new story or new right. anthology episode. Right. I think, did we, yeah, we did see that in the Twilight. See, I'm always going to be comparing this to the, to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Just fair warning. <laughs> Not in terms, well, I mean, last, uh, Evie and Joe, I got to compare it to the shelter, which was dead on. But, um, but there was a, there are a few episodes in the Twilight Zone that do kind of have this reappearance. I think one of them is the genie episode, and there's another one with the, uh, the ventriloquist act. Ah. Yeah, if you, if you guys remember, there's a, there are two episodes with the, with the same dummy, and uh, one is like kind of like a revenge episode of the first dummy. So uh, very interesting. But anyway, I'd like to see that. And I feel like the showrunners, I feel like the showrunners know that we like that kind of stuff too. Like the fans love the little Easter egg connections and stuff. They're going to put that kind of stuff in there because that's what mm-hmm. we the the deep fans love to find. You know, and they know that. Just like the Wendell, you know, I was going to bring it up. Wendell, the the fear shout out in this episode. It's not a, it's not an absolute connection. He's obviously not Wendell, but it's got to be a fear shout out. Wendell in an oil tanker with a little toy truck. There's no other way. You know, it has to be. So, um. Yeah. Did Mikey Decker, uh, direct this episode? Yes. Mikey Sanchez. Yeah. Is? I think so. I think. So that, yeah, see, did. that yeah. makes sense to me. Right. Yeah. Like. Then obviously yeah. he would do that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So why don't we make our way through this episode? The first thing I actually do want to talk about is something that is that shows up in the beginning and end of the episode, and that is the folie à deux, <sighs> which is very interesting. She mentions so Gina does mention it at the end, like when she's finally like coming to grips with what's happened, and now that they're through the looking glass. But the, the folly I do is, and uh, I actually wrote down what was on the screen rather than what was in the uh, NCBI, because, because I, I looked it up like in an actual, you know, medical resource. But then I was like, you know what? Screw that. Let's just go in canon. <laughs> um, okay. So it, it is a shared psychotic disorder. Okay. Now, 1. 1.5 to 2.5% of psychiatric hospital admissions are a symptom of... <laughs> Folly I do. This is according to the Wikipedia article from 2010, I guess, that she's reading. But the key thing to kind of talk about here is that uh, in every case of this, it's the, there are, there's a primary partner and a secondary partner. The secondary partner is, is the one who gets the diagnosis. The primary partner is just a weirdo, uh, you know, sociopathic, narcissistic personality, or, schizo- or usually it's schizophrenic. Um, but it's the secondary partner get, that, that gets diagnosed with this, with this uh, diagnosis. So uh, most primary partners are schizophrenic, and 90, 90% of them are a family member. Uh, the secondary partner is the one diagnosed with shared, shared psychotic disorder. Um, the, the key is that though um, more than half suffer auditory hallucinations, 30% of the secondary partners suffer from them as well, uh, though it's shorter in duration and frequency, but the theme is that the delusions are persecutory or mystical. So, so obviously, 
that they feel like they're being victims of a cir- of circumstance. You know, th- these are the delusions that they're they're coming under. Now, there are many types of uh, folia deux, but primarily this is the one that I think they're suffering from. I'll, I'll say the first one, but but here's the second one. It is, uh, it's communicated psychosis, which means the secondary the secondary partner resists the delusions, and as we see in the episode, it's not even apparent that Blair, sorry, that Gina actually went through the repeat at first. She kind of just keeps going. She completely just mind erases and doesn't even act like it actually happened. Um, But with the introduction of the secondary partner's own delusions, the combined delusions align with the primary partner's initial delusion. So, so the secondary partner actually starts to see things and then they conforms the primary partner's initial delusions. So that's, that's, I think what we're dealing with here. The first one is the imposed psychosis. So it's imposed psychosis, which is delusions are accepted by the secondary when the primary is gone, they cease. So, which did not happen here. Um, but what's great about framing this episode in this way is how you get to see the events that transpire, essentially. Like, you don't see her accept the delusion at first. You don't see Gina accept the delusion at first. Even the second, the, the second repeat, she kind of just goes, I have to, the vending machine's at a can't it's out of order and i need to go to the place to get more snacks and 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 she goes fuck you and then she leaves uh but yeah so but what do you guys think of that like that's do you first of all do you know did you know about the existence of this condition before this episode they always pull this shit out of the out of the ether and throw this at us and, and like i oh i just learned something new today it seems like a pretty deep cut in terms of like, you know, mental illness and and disorders. Like I never heard of it. Um, it's interesting, and I I joked last night on Twitter uh, when I was live tweeting during the episode that I I knew that Dave would screenshot the list that uh, Gina had written up <laughs> of all of the disorders and immediately following my saying that I saw it posted like a million other places. Um, so why bother? Yeah. Why bother? <laughs> don't I'm just, need to do it. Don't, don't so need I to actually reinvent physically the wrote it down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw that it was um, all three types of bipolar disorder, um, narcissistic personality disorder, sociopathy. Yes. Um, and I, kind of read through because i was like bipolar type three i like didn't know that one off the top of my head so i like read through the um the explanation for that and i i just think it's interesting i think it's cool that like after this i was so interested that i wanted to look it up and see what that meant and and cases of it i I read some case studies to see like you know what in what case would this happen and how did that go about and and what happened to end it um wait so so before you continue what what for those of you who don't know what we're talking about because it's possible uh one of the windows on gina's screen contains a list of blair's personality disorders at which she cleverly hides in front of the folly and do <laughs> uh wikipedia article which of course blair's not going to think is about her um in them but yeah, so it's narcissism, sociopathy, bipolar one, bi- bi- bipolar two, and bipolar three, and schizophrenia is at the bottom mm-hmm. of the list. But so yeah, c- continue. Sorry, I had to um, 
clarify. So I think it's interesting that because the episode is so unusual and because we're so not used to seeing this kind of stuff and it introduced new terminology to the majority of the viewers, it results in you wanting to learn more about it. And I just think that's really cool when a TV show can do that. So um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to get too far ahead, but morphic resonance was something I also looked up um, because of... Same. Of Blair's mention of it, and and that's also a really interesting concept. So, it, it's a little it's, weird. it's a little, little hippy woo. dippy, but it's a little woo. That's <laughs> kind of cool. What does that mean? So, what does that uh, mean? I have I have the thing pulled up. Hold on one second. So, morphic resonance was um, a concept created by Alfred Rupert Sheldrake, an English author, um, and he said that the idea of mysterious telepathy type interconnections between organisms and of collective memories within species. And he stated that it accounted for like phantom limbs, um, how like dogs know when their owners are coming home, which to me would be like they could hear it, but whatever. Um, and then, and then the other one that I thought was kind of cool is how you can feel someone staring at you, even if you're turned away from them, which is kind of interesting. And that's yeah. not really like an explainable phenomenon. So it was kind of cool. I mean, he's in parapsychology. It is, it's, it's fine. So. <laughs> Like you know, like, like kind of a like pseudoscience a, type, thing. like Venkman was in in uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, <laughs> so not like something I'm like ready to like firmly believe in, but I thought it was a really no. cool concept, and I think it really speaks volumes. The player is like, have you ever heard of morphic resonance? Whereas Gina is like looking up like legitimate like, you know, a legitimate thing that right. has case studies and everything. So I just thought that was kind of speaks a lot to their personalities. <laughs> Right. How different they are, actually. But it's not that strange that she brings that up, because in the beginning, in not the first repeat, but just in the beginning, she's reading an article uh, called In Her Phone. It says, it's The Dying Brain by Chase Helzer. I don't know if that's for real or not, but the article that I pulled up with that quote is from a article titled, Dying Brains Silence Themselves in a Dark Wave of Spreading Depression. Now, the quote is, at the edge of life and death is a spreading dark wave, is what she says in the car to her fiancé, Brian, right? This is a passage, this is a quote from uh, a Harvard biologist called Aristides Leao. I don't know if I'm saying this right. It sounds Brazilian or something. Um, <clears throat> but he describes the sudden silencing of electrical, electrical activity in the exposed brains of his unconscious experimental animals after subjecting them to injuries. Applying electrical shocks, poking them with glass rods, or cutting the blood in the arteries, he calls it the spreading depression. Basically, watching all of the electrical activity in the brain cease, you know, spreading out, and and the neurons sputtering the last bit of their what he called um, <laughs> something like like a electrical juice, because the the chemical balance of the the neurons in the brain is out of whack, so they just kind of like fire on all cylinders because they don't know what to do anymore so they just kind of yeah it sounds as perverted as it that's interesting because isn't that also what brian says to her continue what he's just like when she's talking about deja vu he's like that's just your uh neurons firing with nowhere to go or whatever he says that's exactly it Mm. 
I'm glad I, I wasn't going to include that last bit, too. And I'm glad I actually read it out. But um, I didn't read it out. I just remembered it when I read it. So the article itself is interesting. It's, 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 these are experiments from the 1940s. So I'm sure it's been published elsewhere. Mm. So because uh, that's when the experiments were happening. He conducted these experiments, obviously, at Harvard, but also in Europe as well. And the image in the article barbaric. reminded me of TS-19. Test subject nineteen from the from World Beyond. No, test subject nineteen from the final episode of the first season. Yeah, it did me too. Of Walking oh. Dead. That was what I thought. I mean, that that was exactly what I thought of. Jenner's wife. Yeah. Yep. Right. You mean Doctor Jenner? The other Doctor Jenner. The better yeah, Doctor Jenner. The other Doctor Jenner. <laughs> the better Doctor Jenner. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Cool pickup. Um, and cool again, cool pick, pick up uh, Bridget for the. Uh, that's just Nuren's firing. Yeah, it's really cool. Okay, so I think it was at the end. I'm not sure exactly where this is mentioned. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, when one, one of them is saying to the other, and I think this is maybe even Gina, she says something to the effect of, kind of going along the the lines of morphic re- resonance, but also mentioning the folly of do, like you know, this is our shared delusions. None of this was real. None of this is what we're doing right now. This whole tanker thing blowing up in our face—that's not real. Uh, me eating you—that wasn't real. Um, but part of what's interesting about the spreading of the um, the the with the Great Depression is what they would refer to it—the the die the spreading of the dying light or something like that. The dark wave is that. What if it didn't? That's kind of what would happen here. Is if is if that that dying that that dark wave never happened and you mix in the morphic resonance resonance um, you get what kind of happens here. So part of, part of what, what makes morphic resonance morphic resonance is that the, is the idea of the memories not existing entirely in the brain and, and the brain being merely like uh, radio or TV antennas. So your brain is picking up your memories from somewhere else whether it be your body, whether it be somewhere else, you know, because he talks about quantum fi- quantum physics and stuff like that, obviously, because it's very woo. Because, uh, <laughs> oh, let's just blame it on, on quantum physics. Right. You'll get it from somewhere else, some quantum dot in another area. Right. So he's saying that that may be attributed to systems picking up memories or habits from other systems or nature. So that's, that's, that's what he's saying. You're, we're picking up... Which is essentially saying we're we this is dimensions we're we're entering into different dimensions because that's where our brains are picking up these signals. All this to say, the big question: What do you think is happening here? Really, I really want to hear Sharon D's <laughs> theory because I don't think yeah. I heard it, so I'm very curious. Credit to the author. Yeah. yeah. So, I think that they're in one of the Walking Dead video games, and that's why they keep respawning. The Telltale games, sure. or you oh. mean, or like the new um, ones, or and like I'm sure any, any of them, like <laughs> uh, when they're in, because you know when you're playing a video game, you have to do a certain combination of moves right to move on to the next level to go past something, and all of the characters in the scene where they're at the gas station, aside from the marshal, all of the characters do the exact same thing every time. They they they're like the NPCs. And they're just reacting against those NPCs. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, and they have pre-programmed really moves that they can't not do. Okay, that's an interesting theory. That is. Yeah, that that's is. The, that's a cool I've ne- theory. I've never heard or thought of that theory. Mm-hmm. That's that's really good. I my my initial impression from when we first when we finished watching was that they're already dead. Me too. 
<laughs> I thought they died. That's the first, like the first. That time. is such a lost. I reject that because it is so lost. I don't even. I don't even want to hear it. I, I totally reject that theory. <laughs> I don't even. No. Be about a loon in the sky. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, what do you think, Diana? I'm actually kind of curious. Of, any wacky thoughts are welcome here. Really. I, I love all these thoughts, and I never thought of that video game. I think that's genius theory actually but i kept wondering though why are they going through this what is the purpose of even like groundhog day what are you doing are you you're learning something right and then at the beginning of the episode crazy was playing and so what is insan- insanity right like it's repetition. like <laughs> yes and not you know, and doing, doing the, the same, same thing yeah. over and over again. Accepting different the, results. Accepting different results. Yep. Yeah. So until you do something different, will it change? So I hadn't, I didn't have any other theories other than, you know, them changing within themselves, becoming a, um, making a change within themselves because Blair really does change the most in this to me. Yeah. Because she is very selfish. And I love that rant that <laughs> Gina went through about all you do is talk, 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 talk. And, and when uh, you're done, you know, you talk. Yes, exactly. I loved her delivery. <laughs> I thought it was perfect. Um, but I think because you see her change after each retake, I'm not sure how, you know, for lack of a better word, retake. <laughs> Respawn. You know, every time it, ex- <laughs> yeah, she, you know, reacts a different way and becomes less and less selfish through each take. She tells the group, you know, her employees, you know, you can leave early now. She tells her fiance, you know, we aren't good for each other. Thank you for being there when my father died. Uh, When she has that moment with Gina on the floor and really listens to her. She finally listens. Well, back to when, um, Gina was having that rant. Uh, I love when she tells her, you being selfish was the first thing I said, (laughs) and that's what you're coming back with. You didn't listen to everything else I had to say. And I don't know if you guys have ever had a boss who really did know you. (laughs) I've been really lucky. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been really lucky to have great, great bosses, but I did have one or two, maybe, uh, in my past who didn't really know me at all. After years. So, um, so I really liked seeing that change I lo- uh, in Blair. And I, that's, that's why I watch The Walking Dead, really. I love seeing people, you know, have that, that change in them. Something hits them and they're, they become a different, hopefully a better person. Yeah. Like not always. <laughs> no, not always. Because right. <laughs> it can go the other direction. Right. Yeah, we always say, like, the, the Walking Dead universe allows you to be the person that you were meant to be. Yeah. Which is why I never say better. <laughs> it's like, right. it's not always that great. But you were going to say something, Charity, right? I was going to say I loved that she was cleaning out the coffee cups in, like, the, the last iteration. She was washing the coffee cups out of the sink. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I love I that, too. That. Yeah. 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 I noticed that because she had told her, and stop um, leaving yeah, your stop dirty cups. Dirty. And then the next, the next one, she was washing me out at the sink before she called her back there. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But I also love that it wasn't enough to break the loop for Blair to change. 
like Gina had to change as well. Yeah. Because it wasn't enough that she let Gina go. Like when she realized, oh, uh, we might as well get it over with. It it repeats again. So Gina was, was the one that needed to kind of own up to her own faults and her own mm-hmm. issues of which she has a lot. I mean, like, I mean, I, and that's the thing. I resonate with Gina a lot. You know, there's a lot about me that does sound like Blair. I know you all think it, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of me that resonates with Gina as well. Like being complacent and, and settling <laughs> on certain things. And I definitely know how that feels from my own job. Uh, which is to say, like, if I was not as much, as I'm like spilling the beans on myself, if I wasn't as much of a coward, <laughs> I would probably have left a long time ago. I mean, the pay is really good. And I get respect. But is that enough? You know, when you have to suffer insults, a job, not a, a boss, knowing you, but not really knowing you kind of sort mm-hmm. of situation. And but knowing you enough to be comfortable or a little too comfortable and disrespect you. Uh, so I know a lot about that. And so, you know, I get that. I, I get, and that's your fault. Your fault because you you have the control on the situation. You have the option of, even if it means uh, taking a pay cut or uh, not being exactly where you want to be, you do have the option. You do have free will to make that change. I know it sounds like you don't, but you do. And that's what Gina says at the end is like, you know, you're right. I mean, I wish I had that boss bitch mentality so that I could leave this silly situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I just didn't. And I stopped and I learned to accept it. So I think all of us kind of, I mean, did, did any of that stuff like resonate with you? Like the, the shitty boss that doesn't listen, <laughs> listen to you or, well, I mean, Rachel, you've always been the boss, right? Of your, of your own business and stuff like that. Like when was the last time you actually worked for somebody actually? Um, <laughs> right now I have three jobs. <laughs> we have three jobs. <laughs> well, how's that going? <laughs> yeah. But for the past like six years before that, I had, I didn't have a boss now cause I owned a business for five years. So I was the boss. Um, oh, right. before that, yeah. I worked at an animal hospital for seven years. I'm just a big old, I'm just a big old mystery. Got layers. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to just be a boss, though. I mean, it could be a spouse or a um, a parent mm-hmm. or a friend or or anyone to fill that spot where they just don't listen. In which case, everybody's had that experience. <laughs> kind of like a bigger commentary, almost on like Gina's struggle of coming becoming complacent in her job and not really ever looking for more beyond that. Because I thought it was really interesting that they couldn't make it past five o'clock. Like five o'clock is traditionally like quitting time, right? That's like when you go home and they couldn't make it past that. They were stuck in this rut of like being, you know, within the work hours, dealing with people from work, you know, always ending up back at work. And so I think it really hammered that idea home that like. Gina was really complacent and she wasn't happy in her job. And how many of us just work to work because you need the money and it doesn't, it's not about what you want or what you enjoy doing or anymore. Right. And that's like, as someone who's experienced it, like when I say near death, I mean like literally dead and came back. That was one of the things I struggled with most when I, when I was healthy enough to go back to work. 
I was like crying at work every day. And they're like, why are you so upset? And I couldn't even put into words why. I, but I hated it. I hated like every <laughs> minute of it. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be with the people I was with. Like, even though they were coworkers and like they were friends to a degree, their relationship to me didn't mean anything. And so like suddenly it became like everything just seemed irrelevant and like work was the most irrelevant thing that I did until I left that job and went and did something that I really enjoy doing. So like, <laughs> thankfully it got me out of that rut, Could've but like it. how many people just live that? And I was which one of to, them. Which is to say, well, yeah, which is to say like, you, why, why are you, and this is, oh man, I see this a lot in, I mean, I, not to like make a commentary on the greater TW family, TW universe fans, but I mean, I see, I see this a lot. Like how many of them and maybe you guys are like begging for the zombie apocalypse. Yes. Yes. I was like, please, anything to make this end. Like, so that I don't have to do this every day. This sucks. I'd rather be right. fighting zombies and maybe dead and a zombie than be here. Like, <laughs> like how sad is that? So what this episode <laughs> is, is a commentary on that. Like, you you shouldn't wait for a zombie apocalypse to decide right. to yeah. right. do something just at least differently than the shit that you're doing now, which is, I know, like, I know it sounds callous too. It really, it really feels callous coming out of my mouth, but, and of course I'm not going to do what I say (laughs) 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 because I accept it. That's the difference is, is I accept it. The moment I, I don't accept it is the moment I have to do something about it. And then when I don't, that's when I'm a coward, but this is the delusion that I tell myself, but you shouldn't have to wait that long. I mean, if you are not comfortable or happy, especially if you're not happy or if you're feeling miserable or hurt or, and it doesn't have to be work. It could be anything, but it, it usually is work. You don't have to wish for a zombie apocalypse. You just have to just address the situation and, and at least accept where you are or God figure out a way out. I can't like so many people. I can't do. tell you how many times I prayed that a zombie would just eat the face off of my shitty ex-boyfriend. I just like hated that guy so much. <laughs> like, like, really getting, really digging in, aren't we? Bitch? I really just, I wanted it to. So that was like, that was like, you know, 2013, 2014, like watching The Walking Dead and just being like, please, ago. God, something happen and kill this motherfucker. I just like, <laughs> couldn't take it. You were Gina. I could, yeah, I was. Yeah, were, I definitely were, was Right. Gina. Yeah, because well, Gina enjoyed eating Blair that one time. She said, <laughs> "Doesn't matter. Didn't happen." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so curious too. Like when she asked the question, "What was it like to eat me?" It's like, "Doesn't matter." Did oh, come on! I want to know <laughs> what it felt like. I want to get to that. Like, um, what was it? Which movie was it that they actually went into being able to communicate with the with the? It was one of the zombie horror movies. I think it was a Romero movie. Oh, uh, Day of the Dead with Bubs. Uh, I'm not sure, but the the zombie that was on the table that they could communicate yeah, with. Yeah, and he would and like said, pick up the phone. He like had a phone that he had that. to pick no, up. It's more of a test subject, I think it was. That's that's Day of the Dead. It came out after Dawn of the Dead. It's a right, great movie. It was movie. like I was all, I'm all, I'm always in pain, etc. Mm, I don't remember. It might be a different okay, movie. Okay, then maybe then. it's yeah. Return of the Living Dead three. Okay. Wow. 
random. <laughs> okay, it could be. I really love we'll old zombie movies. Afterwards. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one where uh, the bo- the boyfriend and the girlfriend are on a motorcycle, and then they get into a motorcycle accident. And he, his dad, works at the lab or whatever, and so he takes her to the lab and gives her the gas. And then she's in a gas station. I have such a vivid memory of this. And she's like, "I'm so hungry," and she keeps eating snowballs. And that's like not at all what yes. she wants. And then like a guy dies and gets shot or something that she's like in the back. And she's like, no. And she's like eating his brains because she's so upset about it. It's oh awesome. Oh, my God. It's a great movie. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think that might have been it. Because... It's like one of my top five zombie movies. It's excellent. Wow. Yeah. What... I'm going to have to check that out. I think, I think that's what it was because like the the number two, the, the first thing that she says while she's strapped down as a zombie, she says, I'm constantly hungry and uh, sorry, I'm constantly in pain, but I'm also constantly mm-hmm. hungry. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Return yeah. of the Living Dead 3 then that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, that yeah. could be. Okay, well, no. <laughs> I'm going to find that scene because I remember seeing it in an essay too. Oh, it's uh, a anyway. great movie. I love it. But where, where do you guys want to go next? Can I mention something that I thought was really cool? Yeah. So Blair and Brian, which by the way, Brian was played by Matt Medrano. Medrano. And he was like insanely active on Twitter during the episode. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> Prior to the episode, yeah, too. He, yeah, he's like really all in on this. Where do we know him from? Because I'm like remembering him from somewhere. He I looked super familiar recall. to me and I didn't bother to look up his acting credits, which I really should have. But um, I like, yeah, I, he responded to something I had asked him last night and then he was responding to like to Mitchell that. last night. Um, he was responding to a lot of people. So that was really cool. And he was, he kept referring to Blair as a Karen, which was just hysterical to me um, <laughs> while he was live, i loved that it. i yeah. love that so um brian and blair are headed to jekyll island and jekyll yep, island is the real life shooting location for oceanside which was kind of cool ah uh-huh. that's right and, and a bunch of other things but mostly that yeah there i i remember some of the background actors always taking pictures of, of their shoot the, the night shoots at jekyll island like throughout season 10 and beyond or actually the moment that episode 10 15 mostly uh was finished like that that holding period that we had for the longest time until we finally got 10 16 and beyond and well actually world beyond <laughs> that period of time was filled with like photos of them at jekyll island throughout that duration like <laughs> throughout basically that whole season um, it's actually okay now so, that i looked more into it it's like a place that i would love to take a trip to like for fun because it's not anywhere near like the rest of the filming location so now i'm like hmm, maybe one of my trips down to georgia needs to be to jekyll island because that sounds really cool let me ask a question was bloodsworth island where virgil was at is that where Je- uh, where jekyll island was physically on the map all right i think that might be an actual separate island right that I don't know. Okay. Well, anyways, I think the the thing that made me laugh the most in this episode undoubtedly was the singed hair from from, <laughs> from the explosion. When that happened, that's like when you were allowed to laugh. Like, okay, you don't really get to see that every day on the walk. And this is this this is where like the funniest part of this episode is the most realistic one, because people <laughs> people on the Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead and beyond. They get in front of explosions all the time, and they walk. Mm-hmm. They walk out. They just go. They look dirty. Okay, credit. They walk, and then they they smile, and then their teeth are actually bright white. 
And oh, they might have like some KMB effects on their face. Oh, I have a little burn mark here. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, but like you know, you never see singed hair. And right, that that's yeah. that's when I felt like I was allowed to laugh. I did like that. I also loved the fact that she threw down the cigarette and it didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, because science, that the, baby. That was the first one for me too. <laughs> and like they did great. the slow mo and everything, and then it went. It was so good. It's like, yeah, you're right. It wouldn't work. You're right. That's awesome. Thank you for just science. Just science. But, but Bridget, why wouldn't it work? Because a cigarette does not ignite hot enough to ignite gasoline unless it is currently being smoked. So That's like the only time that it can get hot enough. Right. So like when you're currently puffing, etc. Right? Yeah. Mm. Good call. And even then it's like it's not very likely it's like, it's like it's like it's like you're trying to light your your cigarette on a gas stove unless you're puffing it's not gonna anyway don't do it and then you're maybe gonna send your eyebrows, send your eyebrows <laughs> which i did one time because i was an idiot teenager idiot yeah stealing cigarettes from my parents let's keep going <laughs> what about blair's uh outfit because her top look or her vest or whatever that was looked like a putting green or a Christmas tree. I couldn't decide which oh, one grass. it looked like. Like, <laughs> yeah, astroturf yeah. circa the early eighties, yeah. late seventies. <laughs> like shag grass. Well, I mean, but look at look at Gina's outfit as well. Like, okay, there's a there's like a turtleneck thing over a de- was it a Def Leppard t shirt? It no. was a Billabong t shirt. Was it bil- like to resemble? Oh, oh my god! I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and. Tried to figure out what her freaking shirt was. I looked at it and I was like, I think it says Billabong. And then I saw that it said 1973. And so I Googled it. And 1973 <laughs> is the establishing year for Billabong. So oh, that was what it was. Okay. Oh, my God. That makes sense. Yep. I'm so glad you looked because I was yes. I stared at that shirt through the entire episode trying to figure out what in the world for it said. For some reason, I thought it was an Alabama t-shirt at first. I kept seeing Alabama, too. I kept seeing Alabama, and I'm like, no, this is the, and I'm like, the letters are right. I kind of wish it was, but it wasn't. It wasn't. She she is so low rent, but like at the same time, it's like everything that's on her body makes me anxious. I'm looking at her in her turtleneck, and her, her small jacket makes me feel suffocated. The turtleneck looks like prison stripes, like she's in a prison. Yeah, you know, she's in a prison she of was. her own making, mm-hmm. and that's that what made me mm-hmm. think of it. So maybe Gina's uh, uh, Blair's green vest is the grief that she's buried under. Ah! <laughs> Look at you, lady. I like that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, and how many neck accessories to, to hang yourself with? Oh my god, that killed <laughs> me. That killed mm-hmm. me. I love and how I love, Blair, Blair like it tucks in. it in. <laughs> she's yeah. She's <laughs> like, I don't. Uh, uh, don't don't look people like me (laughs) there's so many things in my notes where like even even when i was watching the episode i was thinking oh they're gonna do that they're gonna do this and like no they they didn't it was exactly like sharon said like they were like npcs and i think that i don't know why that bothered me a little at first because i felt like you watch movies like you watch movies you've heard of the theory of like the butterfly effect like if you do one thing differently things change dramatically but they didn't and i I know that's like a narrative thing, like where, no, we have to adhere to the Groundhog Day uh, the narrative, right? 
But like, it, I keep thinking to myself, oh, but like they changed certain things. So shouldn't other things have ripple affected? And some things did. Like the PT Cruiser wasn't always blocking uh, Gina's car. So there's mm-hmm. things like that. Timing was everything. But I think the what they were basically trying to say, though, I think I think part of it was kind of actually all, all mentioned in the bathroom scene where they're finally having the heart to heart. And that's. And also in the truck later on, you know, with throughout everything that we do, we keep going for the tanker and we, you know, I'm still scared. And I think a lot of that has to do with what we do at work too. We, we're, we always fall into these. It, it is kind of like the theory of time travel too. Like time does tend to follow its original tracks. And we as people tend to follow our habits too. Like when it comes to work, you know, oh, you know, we go on vacation, but eventually we kind of just fall back into the same routine as well. And so like the reason why they keep going for the tanker and the reason why they keep doing what they need to do is like, they still can't believe that they, they still need to kind of move past the situation in order to kind of break out of the pattern. So let me get to Mitchell's comment. Actually. Um, what about the CGI when Gina was hanging off the truck and <laughs> Diana, you'd said, uh, yeah, that's when I laughed the first time around. I just, it, I just thought, well, one, <laughs> Could you imagine Blair doing that, you know, (laughs) running, you know, booking after that truck, hopping on it, going over the top onto the hood. Hey, hey. And hey, yeah, yeah. And hanging on. And, uh, you know, with Gina saying, I'm going to open the door. Don't open the door. I'm going to open the door. And I thought to myself, okay, they shut the guy was shot. He's going to reanimate. He's going to come back. And uh, yeah, he did. He ate her. I love how I love how with every new repeat, they're discovering new things like the military is taking over. And like even after that one scene, like she's like, he was dead. He was alive. Yeah. Yeah. He was dead. (laughs) But you know what's funnier more than that is us finally figuring out. During the like the was it season one of The Walking Dead, we're like, oh, we were like exactly like her. We're yeah. like, wait a yeah. minute, he was dead, he was alive, he was <laughs> dead, and then Shane came back. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, that's that's enough. <laughs> well, yeah, because it was like, oh, do you have to be bit, right, or do you just die? Right, which is the assumption. Right, right. Right, exactly. That's that's what I love the most about it. Like, they don't take it for granted, you know? Yeah. I do want to mention, too, the dad, how it was Blair running out. I can't remember if it was this this exact one, but it was Blair running after the truck. I'm thinking, where's the dad? His kid is in (laughs) the Where's the DHS agent in all this? Yeah, yeah, he's a, yeah, he's an agent and it's his son, right? I mean, I just assumed it was his son. I think it's his son, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Wendell is know. his son, right. From the back of the car. So he's chase, but he's not chasing after his son. He's an NPC. <laughs> oh, that's right. What? That's right. Actually, Wendell is too. He's an NPC. He's not programmed to do that. <laughs> that would make sense. Uh, what is, uh, Travis is playing The Witcher right now. And so one of the, one of the NPCs on The Witcher 3 says, he'd always drift up. <laughs> so, like, it says it, like, all the time. <laughs> That's what that made me think of. It's the agent. <laughs> I must arrest this guy. Yeah. 
<laughs> he just turned around and went, he'd always tripped her, like, instead of chasing after his son. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what he says to the ladies. And then just leave. Le- bye. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he got bit. Yeah. Oh, it's over for him. He was bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, you were going to say something, Bridget. I was. So I just and then I, I glanced down at my no, I glanced down at my notes and I it's just interesting because the photo that players looking at from the article looks like TS19 and they specifically mentioned the CDC at the beginning of the episode. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, I just thought that was really interesting ah, that that's, that's like true. so clearly connected. Um It's more of a resonance, uh, Sharon D. Or Bridget. <laughs> I'm sorry. My brain is having morphic <laughs> dissonance. <laughs> morphic dissonance. And come on. Okay. Speaking of dumber after dark. <laughs> speaking of like confusion with names, I keep referring to one or the other as Gina or Blair. But it just it, incorrectly <laughs> in my brain. Like which one? Which one is which? Ugh. All of us have been doing it all night. I've been catching you guys like almost uh, G- Blair. <laughs> I mean Gina. I do like the little touch at the end where she takes a picture of the singed hair. You know, for, for Jasmine. For Jasmine. Who's Jasmine? The coworker her, who hated Blair's hair. Ah, okay. Nice okay. None of this is real, but in case it is, <laughs> when we come back, I'll show Jasmine <laughs> the photo that never took place to her. But there's some like weird things that happen. Okay. Right. The, one of the, I think it was the first two repeats, maybe, or maybe one of the one to three. The first one, obviously, is her coughing up smoke, Blair. Mm. The the one where Gina actually gets bit, probably by the truck driver, which we just mentioned, uh, her fingernails have, like... Blood? It could be blood or or or, bad fingernails. I thought it was uh, old nail polish. I thought it was old nail polish. Right, right. But Mm. it does screw with your head. Because Blair was also smoking. Two, I don't know about mm-hmm. when she was talking to her colleagues, but she could have been mid smoke when she came back. So it's not one hundred percent clear as to whether it was from the explosion or from getting bitten. It's just always it's these little tiny tiny things that keep you guessing, too, which I like. Well, I really liked the fact that she kept clicking her nails, and she'd like hold her hand to stop yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Because like it. can't bring myself to do she it. was overplaying the you know it was like they were so cyclical that it was like she could they come in at a specific moment i just thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. that theme that i had mentioned in the previous episode about how um i felt like i had seen kind of like a thread connecting the episodes even though it's not like a direct connection thank you for bringing that up i was going to mention it but i just was the mental illness concept which mm. yet again continues um and then also the unlikely duo idea is uh, another thread that keeps yeah. continuing is also continued and having seen episode three i'm gonna kind of stick with it I, f- I feel like it continues beyond that so it's not as clear but um joel one of the agents at a uh, circle of trust is played by kevin l johnson who apparently is a huge walking dead fan he is oh cool he was on ozark yeah. too and uh was very yeah, excited he was on ozark. To, to join uh yeah, the so, universe. That was, so that was really cool and uh i did write down that i thought it was interesting that blair's dad died of lung cancer but she does continue ah. to smoke which is 
kind of a really clear form of self-sabotage. So that ties into her having personality disorders. Um, and then I was heartbroken by her line after the explosion. Oh. Do you think we're dead? Yeah. Because I really wanted to see my dad. That mm-hmm. like... I might, I might start crying. Actually. I would. My, my dad passed, and so that was like, mm. that really hit like hard. I was like, oh my god, like one line, and I mm-hmm. just know so much about her in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I, I just yeah. whatever people want to say about this episode, they can say about it. But I will say the 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 dialogue has been excellent in both episodes. It's been incredibly well written, and it's very clear to me that they spent a lot of time with these scripts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there that moment that you're talking about, by the way, with the uh, I re- really wanted to see him again. I wish they would have stayed on that moment rather than Gina just going in. Nope, nope. We're not. <laughs> it's just a shared delusion. Nope. <laughs> Let's just yeah. cut this emotional moment off at the knees it, because it was like on the second watch, you actually do kind of hear it and actually absorb it a little bit better because you've watched the episode already and you're like, oh, I miss this sort of the emotion. This I miss this beat. The first time around, <laughs> and then Gina chimes in. Nope, don't be. St- it's a folly of deux, okay? Yeah, Idiot. I think you have a personality disorder, and you gave it to me. <laughs> no, she's the one with the personality disorder. Well, never mind. Anyway, but do you think that's a thing? I I actually kind of like think that's a real thing. Like I, I don't know about to the degree of. Oh man, I'm starting to air out my dirty laundry. <laughs> But to the degree <laughs> that it happens in this episode, but like, but I do often find that after a while, some people do take on the personality traits of of their their bosses, you know, where mm-hmm. they either it's they get theirs or it's like or being short short with people like their boss does to underlings or their coworkers or uh, this is something that I saw at a customer of ours, and it was that they would take on the personality traits of the ones that were in charge of them. Like you'd meet them at first, they first get hired. They're very sweet. And all of a sudden they have the same kind of pass the buck mentality that their bosses have because they're expected results, that sort of thing. And it's just so weird to see across the board too. So, I mean, but have you guys seen anything to that degree? I mean, it's in school administration too, right? Like, like I mean, again, like, <laughs> this is where I guess to a degree, like, okay, I think about, you know, if you're kind of an empathic person in any way, then, um, you'll maybe pick up accents easier depending on where you live. And, you know, those kind of things like definitely be taken on just from, from spending time together. Mm. Um, so I could, I mean, I could see that in a way. I could see that in a way. Um, now, is some of that learned behavior versus, like, necessarily... Mental illness? <laughs> yeah, like, sure, right? Right. Um, and uh, Sharon D is in chat, by the way, and she said something really interesting. She said, circle oh. of trust. They had to loop until they trusted themselves. Ah, which she's is, so That's, good. like, sums <laughs> it up perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Or trusted each other, right? Mitchell says the roadblock on the highway is the same one in Rick's group was stuck in in season two. Mm-hmm. I saw that last night on Twitter and I thought that was really cool. It's the same like curved road. Right. So that was really cool. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought I recognized that like that overpass sort of situation. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it had any effect on 
Well, I guess it wouldn't because, right, this is just at the onset of the apocalypse. So it wouldn't have any effect on, on canon Walking Dead. It's, see, it's not like until you actually sit down and think about it that, that it actually kind of like, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't have any connection to the to season one of The Walking Dead beyond. Someone had stated online that they thought that there was a burnt up oil rig somewhere in the first season. And I'm going to just have to watch for it the next time to see if that's true or not. Okay. So I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. I meant more like I didn't in influencing know. events that happened in season one. Do you know what I mean? Like, like direct events. Yeah, no. Right, right, right. But that could be. It's too far out. That could be. And that would be a really cool Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it does kind of tie in with what we said last week about, um, well, last episode that we covered about there being like a little, there's like little connection points mm-hmm. in, in each episode so far. And that is true. We have, we have seen little pieces that have connected it to one of the other franchise shows right could could also the i mean this is going to sound really stupid but could the gas station have been the same gas station where rick encounters like, uh, the teddy bear girl walker right well? hmm. mm. i don't know i'd have to i'd have to rewatch i think it, everything again i feel like. i think it, the, in i'm not gonna say in real life i think that may be the same location that they film that scene if i'm not mistaken i mean it well actually it might not be because i think if I remember right, I, even I posted in our Instagram slash TikTok reels that that location was in an entirely different city in Georgia, not necessarily where they were filming in Sonoy, mm-hmm. let's say. Um, Sharon D says, because she's not with us right now because of technical issues, just for the <laughs> audience to know why she suddenly disappeared. Uh, she says, but I'm beginning to, this is like classic Squawking Dead where like Sharon D's in vociferously <laughs> typing in the chat. Uh, but I'm beginning to think the theme of this season is the perception of reality. In Evie and Joe, it's a perception of who we think people are. Like Joe thinks Sandra is what she what he needs or mm. is what will save him based on their mm. pre-apocalypse online relationship. Parentheses, which is a whole different area of perception. And Evie is worried about how she was perceived by her ex-husband, even though it didn't really matter anymore. And she's not, the, she, she's not the same person. In Gina slash Blair, it's maybe the perception of time and how we see it versus how it may exist ha- and how it may exist. Parentheses, alternate universe slash timelines, etc. And in D, it's blank, 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 blank. <laughs> <laughs> That's for la- later. I really like that. I really like that idea. I do like it though, though. Sharon D. I really like that. I I'm excited to see if that withholds throughout the. Yeah, we're man, we're gonna undoubtedly tear the next episode apart because it enters into because obviously it connects directly with The Walking Dead, (laughs) and I just without saying anything more, there's it's frustrating for podcasters. That's what I think. It's gonna be frustrating for podcasters to come to come to grips with, but it's it is a good story. It is a good story on its own without having to think of any of those tie-ins. And that's the most I will say. Mm. Uh, I, I think. Okay. M- Mitchell says, <laughs> I also found it funny that Blair just lifted her hair and accepted her death. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, because I think she figured, you know, I, I, I thought of myself. And here, I'm going to break the loop now. Like the most unselfish thing that she could think of is I'm going to break the loop so that Gina can get to her nieces and nephews, I think it was. And her brother. Nieces. Right. 
her nieces. nieces. And I think that's what she was thinking at the time. She's like, I'm going to let her go. Like, do exactly what she said I wasn't going to do. Um, Charity says, did you notice the minute hand was bent at the end? It's like they're bending time. I did not. Did you guys? I did not see that. On on the clock in the office? That's an awesome catch. I did. Rachel did. She's nodding her head. (laughs) (laughs) Charity and I just rewatched it together before we got on here. And and Mm. noticed it? Yeah. And we both noticed it. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. And like, so when, when was it that you saw that? Why do we look at it? Um, I I couldn't tell you the minutes in the episode, but it was Gina is sitting at the reception desk and you can see the clock behind her at some point. And the, the minute hand is cocked at the end. And so it's like, goes this way, but then bends up. It's, yeah. It bends back towards before. Yeah. Indicating, okay, we're going back. <laughs> Time. Well, it's like, so, you know, is the, do, do you follow the minute hand or do you look where it's, where it's bent right. at? Which is the, which one is the right way? Sharon, he says right before Blair was eaten, I think. Right. Because at that point she was at Gina's desk and basically telling everybody to get the hell out of here. Then she cleans, I think she cleans the mugs and stuff like that. And then. Besides, well, that's all done. Let's just get eaten. All right. So there you go. I do like the little nods about uh, the DHS agent saying that the military has taken over the city. So that's a cool Walking Dead nod. It's not something that we end up talking a lot about. But, um, you know, in Fear the Walking Dead, there's Project Cobalt, uh, etc. So it was nice to kind of bring that back as well, uh, that... There's some shit going on. <laughs> the military, the National Guard, and in Fear of the Walking Dead later on with Althea squaring off. Our stupid theory about the, about the, <laughs> what was it called? The civil defense rising up, which probably turned out to be wrong, I think. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I think without further ado, let's, let's call this a day. I'll just say I've been your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Diana from Screens in Focus. So glad to be here. Thank you. And thanks, Diana. Cosmo Zero and I, Rachel Burt, Sharon D in the chat, <laughs> classic Squawking Dead, um, Mitchell in the audience, and of course, Bridget, ko-fi.com slash Punky Brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. It's easier to do it this way because then you can enter all our socials that way because they're two different names. So I might as well go with the Punky Brewster. Anyway, take care, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you, Squawking Dead. That was so much fun. Well, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please go to screensandfocus.com. You can connect with me there and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. Of course, we're on summer break with periodic releases, but we'll be back with The Walking Dead when it premieres on October 2nd. But check out Screens and Focus blog for more recommendations. We'll see you next time. Bye.